breakfast, breakfast food. So you might want to um, come a few minutes early, right, so you can grab some food. Usually I can, I can ply people to get out here a little early if there's food, right? We can do that. <laughs> so, okay, so we've got that. And um, there is a men's event, uh, April 14th. That's a, oh, you're going to tell them about that? Oh, I'm not allowed to talk about that. So, apparently, it's all my script. So, um, <laughs> so okay, so I will talk about the women's event. How about that? Okay. So, that is on April 29th from 10 to 2. It's a Saturday. So, what we're going to do um, is, actually, I'm really excited about this. It's called... Um, Hello, my name is dot, dot, dot. It's about identity, purpose, you know, who you are in Christ. So I'm really, really excited about it. We're going to have lunch. Um, there is a sign up back there. Um, we are going to ask, it's a $5 per person. And that really is just to help offset some of the cost. Um, just want to be good steward of our, of our money. So, but we will have lunch um, and other fun surprises. How about that? So it's going to be a good time. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, however, we don't want, if money is, a, is, a, is an issue, we don't want anybody to not come because of that. If there is any problem, come see me. All right. And we'll, we'll figure it out. So I'm really looking forward to that. But there's a sign up back there. And um, I hope you all sign up because it's going to be fun. So is that okay, I guess I'm allowed to be done. So how about we have some worship tonight? Does that sound good? All right. The grand earth is quick before Moved by the sound of his voice that are shaking and stirred can be calmed and broken for my regard
With my arms stretched wide 
Good to see you all tonight. Live streamers, wherever you're watching us, good to have you. Facebook, YouTube, wherever else this is going out. All right, so uh, if you want to prep your tithe and offering, there's offering envelopes and chairs in front of you. If not, one of the ushers will help you out, wave your hand around, and they'll be walking around with some offering envelopes. I know they're checking in kids in the kids' church. They'll be back in just a second, so let me waste just one minute of time uh, while we're waiting for people to get back before we take up our offering. Uh, as Margot said before, we do have a men's event. There is a women's event on the 29th, as she said, and that's going to be a great time. They've been planning on it, uh, planning and uh, Spending money and doing all sorts of stuff. Uh, get ready for that. But for the guys, on April the 14th, a Friday night 
at 6.30. So there's a Saturday, ours is a Friday night, a couple weeks before at 6.30. We're gonna have some food here, uh, a little bit of worship, uh, uh, just a short time in the Word. And I got a guy coming uh, named Kevin Ludicky, and he's a, a EMT's first aid. He's gonna teach us some basic first aid. He's also a knot master. He's gonna t- you want to learn how the different kind of rigging knots and all. It's just going to be a fun night of guys hanging out. It's for junior high on up, fifth grade on up, so uh, some of the younger guys can come too. But even if that's not your thing, I encourage you to come and hang out with us. It'll be a good time and get to learn some things. And uh, one, one thing is, as you guys know, I was a high school coach for a long time. In order to be a high school coach, you have to keep up on certifications. So every year I'm doing certifications. Every other year, I got to keep up with my uh, CPR and first aid. And, and whenever we'd be running track, and I was not a quiet coach. I was a very vocal coach, as you can imagine. So just to yell at a kid every, every few seconds. But um, I, I was always amazed. Kids come out for track, but they don't like to run. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? They, they, they show up for track, and we're like, hey, they know track, you know, field event people, you know how they are. But... They're always amazed that we run run every day, and, and some would be like, "Coach, I'm just I'm just having." A, I'm said, I always tell them, "Look, I am up on my certifications. I know my first aid. I will bring you back to life. Just run." That's always what I tell them. So, uh, anyhow, so Kevin will be here uh, that Friday night, and uh, just to teach us some basic stuff. It'll be fun. It'll be a good time. So, uh, having said that, tithe and offering, you have something to give. Uh, let's see. Could could I have? Uh, Man, I'm, I want to pick on somebody to pray over the offering tonight. Do I have any volunteers? Tori, all right, Tori just raised her hand. You can bring Linda on up here if you want to. Loud. Everybody say hi, Tori. Yeah, all right. Just, I don't have a mic up here. Just go for it. If you have something, you can bring it on down. And while you are doing that, if you're new with us tonight or recent with us in the chair in front of you is a little connect card. If you fill that out and give that either to Margo, wave your hand out, it's my wife, or Kelly, who's sitting right here, we have something for you after church. And if you want to know a little bit about our church, some basic things, uh, that's what this blue thing is in, in the chair in front of you. It's a little description about who we are. So you can check that out and take that with you if you want. And then uh, beyond that... Uh, things like small groups and dream teams. If you're interested in any of that, please see me. Uh, we do have, uh, just to put this in your ear in May, after church, we do have a vision casting Sunday coming up and just talking about things that are coming and plans we're making and things we're doing, updates on some of the finances and things of the church. So that's in May. We'll let you know more about that. And then also, oh, in May also, we'll give you a date for this. So uh, something that's been on my heart, we're going to start this, is we have... Uh, the second and fourth Wednesdays of the month, we have youth hangout nights. That's fifth to twelfth grade. But uh, I want to give the youth more space and elbow room to grow a little bit as a group. So we're going to start in May. And I, how often we do this, we'll figure it out. But we're going to start uh, at least once a quarter, if not more than that, a Sunday night youth hangout, and where they have their own worship, their own message, 
and all that kind of stuff in here. So we're not here, so they have space, you know. And, and, and so we call a Wednesday night's youth hangout. Those nights will be called youth hangout squared, all right. So you know what that is when we announce that. And so there's going to be at 6 o'clock on a Sunday night, worship, a, a message, and we're going to uh, pour into the youth of our church uh, in a different way starting in May. So watch out for those details. I'm excited about that. Okay, got your Bibles, the book of Ephesians. And by the way, thank you uh, for allowing us to miss this past Sunday. I know Pastor Rick always does a great job when he comes. And, um, and I, I said something about last Wednesday, but not everybody was here. I uh, was speaking at a church in Deschler, Ohio, uh, Pastor Justin's church. We had a great time there. It was a, a, a great uh, time with their congregation. So anyways, but we're glad to be back. So um, Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to finish up tonight our series on purpose, and we've been dealing with this for, for five or six weeks, so I'm going to close this up tonight. Next Wednesday, I'm going to start a series on relationships. We're going to dive into things like friendships. We're going to dive into things like loneliness. We're going to dive into dealing with conflict in relationships and these kind of things. So that's going to start next Wednesday, uh, so you're aware of what we're doing. But let's finish up purpose tonight. So Ephesians chapter 4. In verse number one, and I have something that's pretty straightforward tonight, but I, and it was on my heart today, so I just want to talk a little bit about this. Paul writing here, and he says, I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, and Paul writing from chains in prison, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Now, We've been talking about what it means to have purpose in your life and have responsibility that God gives you. Some, some purpose and responsibility you enter into by your decisions, but then at that time you take on a responsibility that is uh, shaped by how God would have you do it. For instance, marriage or having kids, right? But then there are also individual callings and purposes in our lives that are, are, are unique to each one of us. And Paul is saying, look, You've been called, but there is a way to walk that's in a manner worthy of that calling. But notice then he, as he does, he puts some things with that statement. With all humility, in other words, no pride. And gentleness, which were not harsh. With patience, in other words, just, just kind of pushing and bearing on people. Bearing with one another in love. Eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. You know, there's a way you can live with others that you're not being peaceful. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, and that is in Jesus. One Lord, amen. One faith in our belief, amen. One baptism, in other words, we are brought into the body of Christ. One God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. And that, that's a whole lot of stuff right there, but we're not going to get way into that at all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led the host of captives and gave gifts to men. And, of course, it goes on to say some other things, and then verse 11 it lists what we call the five-fold ministry gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, pastors, and teachers. And, and their job is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So, by the way, a little side note, the reason that you come here, ultimately, at the end of the day, and all the, all the 
wonderful things the gathering of the church is, the ultimate goal is that you are equipped for what? The work of the ministry. In other words, how you live when you're not here. That's why you're here, right? That's correct. So, so we, we can do a, a guy's night where you, where you learn some first aid and learn some cool knots. That's nice, but ultimately, who cares? It's just fun to be together. We can do stuff like that, but if I'm not equipping you for the works of ministry, then what are we doing? That makes sense. But notice that there is a life that is worthy of your callings. So, I'm just going to be straight out tonight. How about that? Let's just not beat around the bush. So we've been saying things in this series like, okay, if you know God has called you, if he's purposed you, if he's given you responsibilities, you've got to lay down excuses as to why we're not after these things, right? We've got to go another step further and say also with that, We've got to learn to lay down excuses as to why we're not living a life worthy of the calling for which we've been called. How many know what I'm talking about? You see, if you are called, and we all are in some manner, the life that is worthy of that calling is possible too because God does not call you to things that he's not equipped you entirely for. And you can think about all, again, not to to rerun this that we've been talking about so much, all the different responsibilities and purposes you have in your life that, yeah, God placed those to you. They're in your hand, but there's a life that lived, to live the back sit up as the foundation for doing those properly. And you, you can't say, I'm going to live these responsibilities, but give excuse for not living a life that supports those responsibilities you're to live out. So again, the, the example I keep using that's really easy is there is a purpose in my life to be a good husband. Right? And I can't be the husband that I'm supposed to be without God's help. That's purpose in my life. But if I'm not living a life worthy of that calling in how I treat her in in aspects of lust and things like this, well, am I really going to be what I'm called to be to her? I I can go to 1,000 marriage seminars and, and get all the books about marriage and how to be a good husband, but if I am not doing the Christian life at its base level, what good is all of that? I, I could stay, I'm going to be the best husband I can be with God's help, but let lust run rampant in my life. What is the point? I've got to deal with the paths of righteousness because my lust affects my marriage, right? Now, you can't clip that out and say I am lustful, okay? I'm just using that example, okay? But you, you can think about every purpose in your life and think how is living a life worthy of that calling impacting that calling? Think about every purpose you have, everything you you grab onto in life. So the Christian life, the individual purpose that we're called to, are you aware of anything in your life that is contradictory 
to the worthiness of that calling. Are you aware? Here's the thing. If you are aware, quit making excuses for it. Now, I may not be aware of everything right now that I need to deal with because the Holy Spirit doesn't come to me with this big, giant list, thank goodness. As thick as this Bible right here. But I guarantee you I'm aware of some stuff that I should be actively participating with the help of the Holy Spirit to deal with in my life. Correct. And what I have to do is, I've, and we say this here, you have got to call things what they are. Call it out and be honest with yourself. So, going back to that example, if I was lustful and I, I struggled with lust, you know what? I got to call it for what it is. You know what? It is sin. Isn't that right? I can't make excuse for that. I've got to call it what it is and be honest and then say, and why am I entertaining this in my life? Because ultimately, somehow, some way, whether it's noticeable or not, it will bring a breakdown to the purpose that I have in being a faithful husband to my wife. You see what I'm getting at? And you think about all these different things you have in your life, what things are contradictory to a life that is actually worthy of the calling that you have? If it's sin, call it sin. And, and by the way, there's a maturity here in what I'm about to say. There are some things that are permissible in life, but are definitely not beneficial. And there's a maturity that says, even though it's permissible, it's really not beneficial because of how it affects this part of my life and what I'm supposed to be doing. Therefore, I will count it as something that should not be a part of my life. And I know some of that falls on personal conviction. Some of it does fall according to calling. But yet, just, I'm just be honest with you. In my life, if, if the front of the stage was sin, the front of the stage was me stepping into things that would affect my calling, I'd rather not stand around and do this all the time. And play with the line. You know what I'd rather do? I'd rather be as far, far away from that line as possible. I, I don't want anybody to say, oh my gosh, I can't go to that church anymore because you know what that pastor did? I don't want that to happen. I have responsibility to the congregation. What I'm not going to do, I'm not going to stand up here and do this stuff. Well, that's, that's beneficial to me. I can do it this far, but if I know if I'm over here, it's probably not good, but I'm just going to play with that line just because I can. That, that's not a good idea. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. A life worth, you've got to call things for what they are. So, in other words, what of holiness in your life? What of holiness? Holiness is set apart. Holiness is called out of something. Holiness is part of the nature of Jesus in us that we have been set free from sin. So when those things are trying to be a part of my life, i got to call it for what it is. It's sin. And then I've got to stop making excuses for it. Well, you don't know what I've been through. I, I don't. 
You know, you don't know the things in my past that affected me. You're right, I don't. And I, 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 I'm not saying it's easy. But yet it's still sin. And you got to call it for what it is. And, and if the only thing you can do in regards to sin is flee from it, flee from it. Let me, give me my phone. Let me tell you something. If this thing causes you to sin, flee from it. You, this thing is not worth your callings. And it's not just bad stuff. I'm talking about how you go on Facebook, what you put on there. I'm, I'm just telling you. If, if you watch reels and stuff all the time and there's things in there that trigger stuff in you, stop watching it. This is not worth your calling and ultimately maybe your salvation. Flee from sin. You see what I'm getting at? Flee, did you catch? Ah, <laughs> yeah. See, this is why paths of righteousness is the foundation of your life, not your purpose and your calling. Your purpose and your calling is built upon paths of righteousness. You see what I'm getting at? That's why the first purpose of the Christian life is to grow into Christ's likeness, because then that feeds everything else. It feeds your marriage. It feeds raising your kids. It feeds your job. It feeds individual purpose. Everything that you do that you consider responsibility, the path of righteousness that we're called to is the foundation for it. That's your greatest calling. And, I, and this is what I hear sometimes. Well, I'm in process. I'm working on it. Good. But don't use your process as an excuse to still do it. And I see that. Well, I'm in process, and then, but keep it a part of your life. No, no, no. Some of you, there's some things or a thing. Today, right now, may be the fight of your life, so be it. Fight it. Let the Holy Spirit help you fight. But it is the fight of your life because that thing or that person or that situation is trying to steal not only your salvation, but everything that God made you to have in this life. It wants to steal it. It'll always take you farther than you want to go. It is the fight of your life. So look, fight. Fight it. Don't make excuses for stuff in your life. Because it'll steal the very things God is trying to give you. It'll steal the very future that God's trying to lay out in front of you. There is a life that is worthy of the calling of our life. Now, I'm not saying this to make you feel shameful or guilty. That's not my purpose. But yet it's right here in the Bible, so we've got to talk about it. You know what I'm talking about, right? I'm not saying this to make you feel like a failure because you may be in process of struggling with something. I'm not doing it for this. But I'm challenging you to not sit in the status quo of your life. I'm challenging you to keep moving forward. I'm challenging you to let you know that whatever the fight of your life is, you can win. 
That's what I'm telling you. I'm challenging you to quit making excuses for it. Therefore, stay in it. Every excuse you make, you simply just stay in it. Some of you have been in something for so long, the conviction in the voice of the Holy Spirit is it just kind of shoved out of your life in that thing. You don't even hear it anymore. You've dulled the sense of the Spirit in that area of your life. You've got to get it back. You've got to pray that that still small voice is very clear to you about that stuff. You, you know, I'm telling you, I've been, I've been in ministry for so long, I could tell you stories, and just based on my personal calling, of guys in ministry who fell in sin. Fall into issues with alcohol. Praying with the line, it's okay for me to drink a little bit. Affairs. Drug issues, believe it or not. You name it. I could tell you financial, stealing money from the church. I, I could tell you a story about a story about guys that somehow I'm connected to that were pastors. because they made excuse for their sin and didn't deal with it. I'm not perfect. But God forbid I ever do anything that disqualifies me from the calling of my life. And I'm not interested in playing around with it. You see what I'm getting at? Because that calling is valuable to me. I don't, take, I don't take in any haphazard way my marriage, my children, my pastoring, anything I do that I believe that God has given me placed in my land, I see that as more valuable than anything I can mess around with. More valuable. We've got to be honest with ourselves. We've let sin hang out too much, I think. Now, some of you may sit in there wonder what he heard since last Wednesday that he I heard nothing. I was just reading the Bible, and this grabbed my heart. I tell you all the great things about your calling, but let me tell you how it could go, go in a bad way. So I, I did something one time. Kind of funny. Um, and, and I know I must say this, and some of you may feel like I'm condemning a certain couple things here. Don't take it that way. It was just my examples to the teenagers. I want to pass the dose because I'm going to talk about hypocrisy, and I'm going to have a beer bottle and a cigarette while I preach to the kids. And he looked at me and said, well, are you going to smoke it? I was like, I hadn't thought about it. I said, you care if I do? He said, no. I said, okay. So literally, I walked out to the youth service, read a verse, had a beer, and I lit the thing on, and I started smoking a cigarette while I was preaching. Literally. And you should have seen, you're talking to, you know, 100 more kids, and you should have seen their faces. <gasps> you know what I'm talking about. What is happening here? And eventually, and I literally was doing my whole message. Now, I'm not a smoker, so, you know, but, um, and I, I almost got it down to the filter, and I put it out. I said, how many of you had a problem that I was up here holding a beer bottle and smoking a cigarette while I was teaching you the Bible? And everybody went, Bleh. I said, but is it okay for you then? Why, would you, why, why am I held to a different standard than you? Just because I'm a pastor, am I any different than you? 
said, no. Oh, okay. Maybe I'll think about this stuff. I'm not condemning those things, but what I'm saying is, what kind of things could be in your life that the Holy Spirit's been nagging you about, but you've just been pushing him? But ultimately, if you push him here or don't push him, he'll take his resident in some other manner, too. See what I'm getting at? Ultimately, you've got to, with the help of the Holy Spirit, not in condemnation, but with his conviction, which is holy and righteous, allow him to examine yourself and actually pray a prayer like David when he said, Lord, search me and know me and find any offensive way in me. That's a dangerous prayer. And so answer it. But the reason for that is then what he said is, then lead me in the way everlasting. Because those things that are offensive to you in me could cause me to get off the way of everlasting. They're a hindrance. Right? So what have you, in your life that you could say right now that you know is contradictory to the purposes of Tonight, stop making excuses and call it what it is. Be honest. That is sin, and I've got to stop. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, maybe drawing some accountability into your life, helping bear your burden, whatever you need, I'm going to do what is necessary because that right now is the fight of my life. Why do I say that? Is sin deadly? There's the fight of your life. Because it's trying to steal this right here. What in your life that you feel convicted about? Maybe it may be per permissible, but you do, yeah, but you kind of tell you. Call it for what it is. Something that should not be. Be honest. The pastoral staff, we have some standards that we live by, and I agreed to it when I jumped on board with this, this church, that other churches don't have the same standards for our pastors. You know why we do it? Because we don't want to play near the edge. We won't be anywhere there. Our language, there's, there's certain words that, that are like slang, slang. We don't use slang language. Some people, it's not a big deal. Okay, yeah, I understand, but we don't. You know why? Because we're, we're trying to keep what comes out of our mouth pure. Uh, of the things of God. We're careful about what we put into our bodies. We staff, we don't drink. You know why? Well, I'm not playing. I'm not playing. All it takes is for one time me doing something stupid, and it's over. Just to have a drink. It's not worth it to me. Not worth it to me. Tell me what I'm talking about. What things in the conviction of the Spirit? I, now understand, I'm not the Holy Spirit. But what things in the conviction of the Holy Spirit in your life are you aware of? Let's start fighting for our future. 
with his help. By the way, if he convicts you of it, does he say, okay, now go, go deal with this, have fun, he kind of kicks you. No, no, the reason he's convicting you of it is because now he wants to help you. Remember that. Conviction is not him condemning you. Conviction is saying, hey, that's not good, but here I am. Let's deal with this. And he will. He'll help you. Fight of your life. I often think about it when I, when I have had things brought to my attention by the Holy Spirit. One of the first examples in the scripture I think of, I think there is a Goliath in my field. What am I going to do? Am I going to let the Goliath taunt the children of God? Am I going to let him have his way day after day after day? Or am I going to get some gumption in my heart, grab some stones and go on the field and have a tussle? What am I going to do? The reason the Holy Spirit let me know he was there so I could do something about it. Amen. Because it's worth all the things that he has for me. Amen. Okay. So, here's how we're going to close. I'm going to have Chamberlain come back up, if you would. I'm going to invite each one of you. We're going to call our little step up right here an altar. Okay? I'm going to invite each one of you to come spend some time at the altar. In a step of consecration, say, Lord, you know what? I've been making an excuse for this far too long. I've been living in status quo with this, this particular thing, far too long. Well, maybe you're sitting here and say, you know what, right now, I, I just came out, so I'm not really, I don't know, there's a glide. I would still say you come and just say, Lord, once again, I'm just giving you my life. And you can pray a prayer, Lord, show me. If there's any offensive way in, just, just help me, just show me. And I, then I'm going to go grab some stones out of the brook and get my sling ready. Amen? And I know we don't have much room up here. Not very big. So just find a spot down towards the front. How about that? And let's spend some time reconsecrating our life to him. Does that sound okay? I'm going to. I'm going to turn around and sit right at this stage right here. I want to be in everything that I can be with the help of the Holy Spirit to be everything that he has called me to be. Nothing holding me back. Amen? Let's do that. You would come join me.